open up by talking about something that happened right before we recorded the last podcast. Mm-hmm. You wanted to do a prank. Oh, yeah. The thing is, as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as it started, I completely forgot. So here's what happened. Is Sebastian wanted to do a prank on Jack where when we started recording he would introduce a podcast and I was going to be like hey what the hell I always open it up and we just say what's there having an argument and then when we started recording you can hear the hesitation in my voice because I was waiting for you to do something and then you didn't I was like oh I guess we're just going ahead with the regular podcast yeah I, I realised afterwards that I made that whole plan and then didn't even Maybe I was nervous <laughs> I think I think it was for the better I think Jack's such a cam kind of just leaves people to it kind of a guy that I feel like he would have just left us arguing yeah, and wouldn't, we wouldn't get any reaction he wouldn't have said anything if we would have been like uh pranked alright uh end the podcast <laughs> anyway rest in peace Jack let's jump in uh, guys welcome to the and Sebastian have a Simpsons yeah, podcast welcome back. welcome back the podcast myself and Sebastian here do to chronicle our love fair set yeah sure thanks man you always I, I, I feel like we've never done a podcast where you haven't made a slightly like uh suspect joke <laughs> slightly suspect <laughs> I could argue maybe my whole sense of humor is suspect well it's always related to the episode is what yeah, I'm doing yeah, yeah sure. if you're aware and I connected with us you know this episode is about love and I would say Nelson and Lisa are quite like you and me sure who do you think is who um well <laughs> probably I'd trades s- of both of us in both characters yeah I, well i'd say i'd take the the smart from lisa over you i reckon i'd take the funniness from nelson over you <laughs> okay just uh, just the, the good qualities reckon, the annoying the side kindness of lisa oh, clearly annoying side. clearly so kind right uh, now yeah really showcasing yeah, that i would yeah. say like the annoying side of lisa the damaged part of nelson yeah. like you take that yeah and the ugly part yeah. <laughs> Of course, the fucking no chin and weird teeth and, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, um, what you call it, like nostrils, <laughs> those weird character designs, the yellow skin, because I have leprosy. Anyway, let's jump in. Yeah, today we're reviewing When Nelson Met Lisa. This is the ninth episode of the 34th season, and let's jump in. We just got a little title scroll before it starts of just Santa coming through with drones instead of reindeers. This made me think of you because I remember the last time they did this and it wasn't a Christmas episode. You were annoyed by it. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's just a again. thing they do <clears throat> to throw us off. Well, I guess they'll do it when it, when the episode comes out close to Christmas. But right. I was thinking about it. It is very like short-term thinking because, sure, when it came out, maybe it's close to Christmas. But when the episode it's not Christmas-related, it's going to be jarring yeah. any other time you watch the episode because if it was a joke I'd be all for it I'd be yeah like, oh, that's kind of funny like opening yeah. an episode like Halloween and nothing <laughs> yeah that's true I don't think that's what they're doing though I think it is it came out like maybe November December so it was like close to Christmas but the episode isn't Christmas so it is just kind of strange so we jump in to we're in the future this is a much older version of Lisa she is in a football field practicing a graduation speech talking about how AI has solved all of our problems and the talking jo- Jumbotron says their only goal was to serve. We didn't get a countdown to world extinction. 14 years, 5 months, 25 days, 6 hours, 4 minutes and 2 seconds. And then Lisa turns around and looks and it changes to countdown to world peace. 
Lindsay Nelson struggling to put a bunch of robots away and realizes there's a button to do it. Lisa's like, oh my god, Nelson Munns, what have you been up to since it's the fourth grade? Very little! I tried sushi, didn't like it, that's about it! <laughs> Make a little title card. Uh, when Nelson met Lisa, I like this little opening. Written by Ryan Coe, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, already done by Billy Crystal. <laughs> we get a marching band playing the classic tune, it had to be you. Lisa cuts it off and uh, they'd spell out sorry. They then look at the shooting stars together and say how beautiful it is. We just cut to and see one of those stars kills Mole Man. <laughs> Classic. She brags to Nelson that she's the valedictorian, asks if he studies here. And he's like, no, no, I'm a pusher. If something in this school needs pushing, I push it. <laughs> My life is a mess. You know what? <laughs> Favourite side character, Mole Man. Really? Just, he's so tragic. I know. <laughs> and he's like one of the only characters that like... It stays true to being a side character. Yeah, like, yeah. That's literally what he does. And he's honestly... I, I, I talk a lot about how I'd like to like, see more depth to other characters. I like Moment being this little <laughs> mystery. Yeah. yeah. Just a little pathetic old man. <laughs> yeah. like, really bad shit happens to all the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't really require any like further development there. <laughs> I like him as this one note thing. But like also, The Simpsons is like, usually very faithful to like when characters die in the show they stay dead whereas like you see him dying all the time <laughs> and he comes back he's like they're Kenny yeah I was about to say it's like he, Kenny yeah it's never addressed um, I you know uh, Road Rage Simpsons Road Rage the game I do like yeah the, the taxi game yeah, the one right before um, Agri- Hit and Run yeah hmm. you know I've been so tempted to, to just um, fish out my old PS2 to just play that game I used to yeah. love it um, I actually I like Hit and Run, but I grew up with Road Rage, so it's like, that to me is my sense Really? Game. That's interesting. Um, but every time I saw Mo Man on that game, I just <laughs> have this urge to run him yeah, over. Run. <laughs> same, in, same in Hit and Run, yeah. <laughs> I had to roll over the empathetic I like the physics in Hit and Run, because you could actually, like, hit people. Yeah. You know I mean, it was like... Of yeah. course, yeah. I literally roll over people. Like, as violent as they possibly could be, while still being, like, a PG version of yeah. Grand Theft Auto. I was actually listening to one of the commentaries recently they were talking about Moma. I was like even his <laughs> even his origins is how he came to be is tragic is <laughs> they described some character in like what's called like the, in, in the script as being like you know kind of old and senile and small little weak or whatever and when they got the design back it just looked a little bit off like not like a typical Simpsons character yeah and they all laughed at so much until it was so ridiculous and the director Dave Silverman was like oh it's, oh it's okay we'll do another one they were like no it's perfect let's yeah. let's use this character <laughs> so he literally just came to Beam because the design they thought it was so funny and like off from a usual Simpsons style they were like let's do some of this character <laughs> yeah Lisa started to remember the attraction that she had for bad boys and the urge to fix them and Nelson thinks to himself hmm she's leaning in and you're not even looking down her shirt you must really respect her he asks if she'd like to see where he lives. Then hop on his motorbike and ride literally like five steps over to a church tower. You see um, a little sign saying a church tower, m- memorial church. Uh, your parents may not be watching you anymore, but God still is, maybe. And all he has to do in exchange is ring the bell every hour. He's like, oh, 3 a.m. He starts ringing it. And she's like, a little loud. He's like, you look great too, thanks. We got them having a pizza together. There's loads of little great little signs in the episode that like, you would have missed if you were paying like too close attention. Like the pizza said, the FDA says I'm a no good for you. 
He reveals to Lisa that they moved away after fourth grade, as in him and his mom, because he had to go somewhere where he couldn't be seen as the bully with a poor stripper mom. And he said he punched his house goodbye. Lisa says his troubles are really reeling her in, and all she needs is a clumsy compliment, and she's hooked. He's like, oh, I bet you can bench 120. I always like the thing of Lisa being attracted to those things. It is like almost like a flawed detail mm. to her character, but it makes sense. It makes sense. It's the classic like yeah troubled like needs fixing exactly guy, like the perfect girl. Yeah, mm. yeah, and because she's such a goody two shoes, it's like that she is drawn to someone who is like so the opposite of her, yeah. you know, but wants to fix him exactly. She says she always saw him as so much more than a bully. <laughs> He's like, but I punched so many dweebs. <laughs> Says her knees would always shake when he said ha ha <laughs> and so he starts like giving her directions on how to say it. like you know ha, 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 ha. emphasis on the first ha, 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 ha. and we cut to frig bird watching <laughs> he ticks off a ha ha board ha ha bird he's like nailed it he doesn't ask if she's seeing anyone and she says she met this great guy who's vegan but not vegan who majors in pony studies you know just like the perfect guy for her yeah and you know exactly what you mean what, what she means I, I don't mind people who are vegan mm. I have a lot of respect for people who are vegan but people who are vegan can fuck off yeah <laughs> you know what I mean it's, it's, it's like the thing is it's, it's the same with anything it's like people who are Christian then there's people who are Christian. Exactly, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's people who are Simpsons fans, and there are people who are Simpsons yeah, fans. Like us. <laughs> like, like exactly. you. <laughs> yeah. I always see you're getting more towards. Yeah, annoying. The, yeah, yeah, the diehard fans. <laughs> but then again, we are different to the contemporary Simpsons fan culture because we're not walking around the place being like, oh, just the first nine seasons. Yeah, <laughs> you <true>. know, <laughs> I'm an outcast. Yeah, I'm an outcast in everything I do. <laughs> but even in terms of the vegetarians, like, I did a freaking hour-long sandwich show recently that, that you came to and I was telling a joke about how Hitler was a vegetarian oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a woman in the audience went woo and I was like I remember that yeah. are you wooing because you're vegetarian it's like yeah yeah like, but I'm talking about Hitler <laughs> so you more so wooed Hitler even if you meant the thing is right <laughs> if you performed to like a room of 10,000 people mm -hmm. and that happened yeah, that would be like clipped and like put still online. noticeable. Like, yeah, <laughs> like people would be like watching that online because it would be like a funny moment from a stand-up show. Yeah, of course. Like someone wooing Hitler. Yeah, um, <laughs> what the fuck? And then I, I feel like I can talk on this because I am. I used to be a vegetarian mm -hmm. and vegan. for a long so, time. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you didn't shove it in people's noses. No, I do have a very specific memory because it was like my first. What you call it, like running with somebody like you was hardcore vegan. This guy used to work with in like this 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 little like uh, after school thing we did in college. It was such easy money for such a dumb job, but uh, we were doing some computer work together. Went for lunch in the middle, um, and I had some sort of chicken wrap, and he was like, "Do you have a dog?" And I was like, "Yeah." Oh, not this question. Yes, <laughs> I know where this is going. I was like, "Yeah, what do you mean?" He's like, <laughs> it doesn't even ask like. Are you sure you want to eat chickens? You can try this instead. Nah, just, just write it. Do you have a dog, though? <laughs> yeah, he goes, would you eat your dog? And I was like, well... <laughs> I also wouldn't eat a pet chicken if I had a pet chicken. Yeah, exactly. I was like, well, I love my dog. I didn't know this chicken until it was dead. But me and the dead version of this chicken are having a very good time. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so I'm content. <laughs> Anyhow, I zinged him. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then, then Bart comes in and interrupts. I love Bart's outfit. It just really looked like, you know, a young adult version of Bart with, like, the the stubble and the skull and then and the, and the hat and everything. I thought it was great. But he enters and he's like, hey, Lisa, you're looking for a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a friend friend? And Nelson asks for his lunch money. And he's like, just kidding, that's kid stuff. Give me your rent money. Nah, just kidding. I'll take some money, though, if you have some to spare. And Bart gives him some. He's like, thanks, man. Takes me back. He tells Lisa that they're going for breakfast with Marge and Homer. And, and to, she says to give her a minute. He throws on an invisibility cloak. And she's like, I know you, you, you put on a cloak. And he's like, oh, I just want to see what happens. And he leaves. Like, it's kind of weird that you want to see what happens. Yeah, her brother, like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah he just bops away, like, just his head bopping down the stairs. Lisa asks if he remembers when they liked each other, and we get clips from the season eight episode, Lisa's date with density. Uh, you see just how much the animation has evolved over the years from that little clip, yeah. And does it's just like, uh, yeah, sort of. And she asks if she, if she thinks, if he thinks this is one of those moments that changes your life forever. And he was, he's like, like finding a quarter under a couch? No, no, better. He then interrupts the moment to ring the, be- ring the bell. And she's like, kind of kills the moment, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah, burritos are great. We then cut to marriage asking Bart where Lisa is. And he's like, she's with the kid who used to beat me up. And Homer's like, uh, the vest one or the hat one? I'm like, vest. Always liked him. Homer tells her to hur- hurry up as prison only lets him off half a day. You know they only let me out of debtor's prison for a half a day? I thought selling my house in one lung would be enough to pay for college, but it just paid for the meal plan. <gasps> As she leaves, Nelson starts playing his rocking new ringtone. It's just a church bell. <laughs> and she says she'll call him. We didn't cut to her doing her graduation speech. She says that she sees a bright future as they have reverse global warming. A bunch of penguins pass with graduation caps on. And they now have a low carb bread that doesn't taste weird. Which was dead on. <laughs> like I love sourdough bread that's like my go to bread oh, for yeah. so good oh so so good especially for scrambled eggs because the bread doesn't get Ooh, soggy yeah, it's yeah, so sure. good that, that, that was my I feel uh, like it's a good like flavour combo with eggs and it, oh well. it's, it's so like, good yeah, yeah. I, I, I took that recommendation from Gordon Ramsay did you watch Gordon Ramsay's video on how to make the perfect scrambled eggs yeah, yeah. I, I follow that beat by beat like it, it, it is perfect it's so easy to mess it up but yes yeah, sourdough makes it but I, I, I tried the low carb sourdough recently just as um you know because obviously sourdough bread is probably exceptionally bad for you it's so chunky and bready um but it just it actually tasted moldy oh like it tasted gone off to me okay you know what i mean it's just as it's just they haven't gotten the formula Look, right yet this is the yeah. thing right it's like sourdough bread is actually really good for you because it oh, is it really it's fermented as well okay and any food fermented is great for your digestion and Oh right, but like uh, the thing is, when you buy all these, I hate to go on a rant here, but all this fucking yeah. bread in the shop, uh huh, so bad. Oh yeah, because when you actually try like fresh, real bread, mm, with nothing true. added to it, you're true. Like, yeah, this is this is elite. This yeah, is to be fair, I wasn't eating sourdough bread thinking like it didn't feel bad for me. I just kind of made the assumption. Cause, I mean, like you, when you eat bright white bread, you know your body isn't agreeing with it. Yeah. Like you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> I'm at the point now where I'm just like this doesn't taste like natural. No, it's, no, it doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. It's bread. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, it should taste natural. <laughs> most, yeah, most like simple things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, she can congratulates the class of, <laughs> which was a clever move because they made the mistakes in the past of like giving the future year a specific setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so it, it dates itself. So I like to. This felt like the most realistic future depiction they've done. Like. Yeah, yeah, and it, it really was super futuristic. Because I mean, we are what at least is eight. We're at least, I guess. 12, 13 years into the future, like, yeah, um, yeah, I just like they're going, like, oh, class, of the, the, the. they didn't throw up their hats, and it comes down as a diploma. And one guy's like, art history, it was more valuable as a hat. And Mary says she's so proud, as she she's the first child to go to college who wasn't participating in a sleep study and gives back grief for missing her speech. Oh, he's like, you know, oh, yeah, I, I know the speech. She says, follow your dreams, sax solo, my Angelou quote. And Homer's like, nailed it. And she's a clip of her doing a sax solo while holding a sign that says, try to be a rainbow in someone else's cloud, Maya Angelou. Just like a typical, like, inspirational quote. When he got them in the car, Homer gives Lisa some big city advice. He's like, the police horses do not share their oats. I repeat, do not share their oats. And I was thinking that that was a like, subtle little good continuity there because we know Homer hates cities because of the New York episode. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That. Little continuity. It's funny because like Springfield is meant to be a small town, but because of how long the show's gone on for and all the different locations they've had to use, it feels massive. It feels like a city. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it is meant to be a small town. Uh, at least then hears a church bell going off and wonders what life could be like for her and Nelson. Also, if you saw my mum's Simpsons tapped out. Oh yeah, you were telling me. Let me mention it on the podcast. It's not a fucking town, you know. It, yeah. She has absolutely like that is ridiculous. That's insane. Like a, I love to see it. Do you think it's faithful? She has, she has a Family Guy one as well. You know, Family Guy just have the same game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has that one as well. So once she's done with tapped out, she goes to Family Guy and do that one. Wow. Know, every night. That's so cool. Your mom literally plays like video game versions of my two favorite shows yeah yeah literally since they came out she's played them every day wow that's so cool i I can't imagine i never played the family guy one i can't imagine there's as much locations you'd be surprised though because family guy i mean it's been going on for a long time i guess yeah just they don't have as as many like immediate go-to's you probably have a lot of one-offs from episodes yeah i guess you can use those ones yeah you could use like I don't know, James Wood's mansion from the murder yeah. episode, like, stuff like that. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I used to love Tap Down, and I did become such a big Simpsons fan. I wanted to try and be faithful to it, but just over time, those things just become such an investment. And they also just take up so much storage on your... It does. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and also, it's like, I don't like having to wait that long. I want to something a bit funny. It's like, you go on, mm. oh yeah, click a couple buttons, and then you got to wait till tomorrow. It's like, okay. Yeah, 24 hours, yeah, unless you pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was super into it for a while, though, naturally. Think your mom's tapped out as like faithful to what Springfield maybe could be? No. No, it's <laughs> just her own little version of it. That's cool though. Getting to make your own Springfield. But yeah, she's wondering what life could be like for her and Nelson. They lay in a bed together in France. This is in, in her imagination. They lay in a bed together in France. They're about to make love. And Nelson's like, hold that thought. And he rings the bell at Notre Dame. And Lisa's like, when are we going to get a real apartment? And he's like, we live in the best church tower in the world and you're still complaining. And in French, she says that this marriage is a joke and he's stuck in this lousy job and their future uh, has no hope. And Nelson's like, I know exactly what you're saying. This marriage is perfect. You are my everything. She hits him with a baguette, a bottle of wine, a cheese wheel. Being cut to her in, in, in the real timeline. Yet he asks, She asks Homer to run away at a melancholy pace and 
make it feel like it's raining. Then he somehow is able to put on sprinklers from outside and she's like, perfect. We then fade to black and you just hear Homer being like, Narrate? What does that mean? <clears throat> it's S years later. Oh, wait, five years later. Oh, narrating is hard. Lisa and Nelson have not seen each other since college. But five utterly, I mean, but suddenly... Being cut to the Springfield bullet train. I don't know if this was meant to be a reference to the Brad Pitt movie. Because... I think it was. I guess so, it's just... Yeah. This came out, I think, November, December. And I think bullet train came out in the summer. So it was like, they wouldn't have had... No, true. I feel like maybe it was... Because obviously bullet trains are a thing. I feel like it was already set in the bullet train. And they like just threw in... Quick little references to it after because Snake's design wasn't far off from how Brad Pitt looks in the movie, and even like Nelson being a bounty hunter, you know. Say, I mean, it must have been. I'd say it was already set in a bullet train. They decided, well, and then it just came out. Yeah, like oh, let's throw in some references. It's not like it's like a gonna be a memorable film. No, so the reference has to be sort of like subtle. Yeah, Yeah, totally. It was memorable for when it came (laughs) out, but. I don't think that movie's gonna like stand the test of time or anything. No. Fun movie, but forgettable. But yeah, it's the Springfield Bullet Train, uh, the fastest way to leave this dump. We cut to Lisa congratulating her husband uh, Hubert for receiving Times Person of the Year. He said he can't believe he didn't. He can't believe he didn't go to Robot Abe Lincoln. We didn't cut to Robot Lincoln on the TV. He says he can't believe what they're doing to his Republican Party, and even Robot Re- Ronald Reagan is shocked, but doesn't care as long as they're cutting budget on education. The TV screen then gets broken by Snake getting thrown at it. Uh, he swears to the lady who threw him that he isn't planning to rob this train. He was just planning to try one of their cheeseburgers. Like They're like super yum. <laughs> he, the, the lady says their security cameras prove otherwise and attempts to escape in his squirrel parachute suit. And Nelson just grabs him. And Lisa asks if he's a police officer. But he says no one wants to be a lame cop these days. When they cut the Chief Wiggum, it was now absolutely oh massive. <laughs> absolutely massive and suffocating Lou. Which is my favourite bit of the whole episode. Oh, really? Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> I just love Lou always being, like, tortured by this yeah. man. Like, he obviously should be the, the chief of police. Yeah. <laughs> always has to be Wiggum's side guy. <laughs> he drops a donut. He can't reach it, obviously. And he's like, uh, hey, hello, can you uh, fish around down there? Let me find my seatbelt. <laughs> Lou's like, please let me die. <laughs> so great. Being Nelson reveals he's a bounty hunter and his lady is the love of his life. And she introduces herself as Rot, short for Rottweiler. Or Nelson says he arrested a Skinner for committing matricide. <laughs> and Nelson's or, or at least it's like he killed his mother like no no mattress side he ripped the side off his mattress so I, I didn't look up this show I didn't get it I wasn't smart enough I didn't know this word so matricide is a specific word for someone who kills their mother well, it actually is a word yeah 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 matricide yeah so clever little joke there educating me Simpsons um, I'd love to do that but we didn't and, and um <laughs> it's, I've, I've never cut the label off a mattress but it does piss me off when you can like feel it Oh yeah, I'm sure I have actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. When it's just kind of floating around there, yeah. So it's apparently illegal. We then cut to. Um... <laughs> Is that up your ass or? It's like you pulled that from <laughs> from out your ass. He was looking for his pen before we started. And he was like, Ah, don't worry, I won't need it. And he's just found it, but it looked like he just pulled it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we're sitting out the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> was... he was sitting on it the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah, I believe it. And we're just getting some sexual kinking <laughs> while doing the podcast. Pens floating up my yeah, asshole. Very p- thin pen. Mmm, it's great, man. <laughs> All the ink's gone though. <laughs> we think a quick little like almost like a family guy cutaway of Nelson entering into Skinner's room as he takes the the tag off his off his mattress and he's wearing a sign that or he's, he's he's like a big like Robocop suit that says Sleep City and it's like your sleeping days are numbered we didn't cut back to the the bullet train her husband Hubert so it's Hubert Wong who is voiced by Simu Liu who people know best for playing Shang Li in the Marvel film he introduces himself to Rot they they shake hands and she's like, oh, your hands are as smooth as a, as a baby's bottom. And he's like, oh, yours are like a busted up driveway. Like, Thank you. Hubert says he's been waiting for this day since Nelson bullied him in the second grade. He's like, I've, I've taken what your heart desires most and points to Lisa. And, and Nelson's like, the luggage rack? No, no, Lisa. He reveals he proposed to her on the moon, carving marry me out in the Sahara Desert. And Nelson's like, boring, you can't even kiss on the moon. He says, I spent $20 million designing spacesuits where you could. And they, they pop open a bottle of champagne together on the moon. They destroy several satellite dishes in the process. Roth then reveals that her and Nelson met when she hauled him in for an overdue library book. <laughs> and Nelson's like, I got stuck on one word, new ants. She's like, no, new ones. Lisa asks if anyone wants a drink and Rottweiler says she could really go for a scotch and steroids. They leave Hubert with Nelson and he pretends that he can't remember what his mom's job was. Uh, tell me, Nelson, how is your mother? What was her job again? I believe some sort of freelance entertainer? Hmm? Stripper. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. And your father, is he still living with his secret other family in Shelbyville? Huh? Is he? Is he? We were the secret family, idiot. Which is not a detail they've ever, like, explored yeah. before, but it makes sense. Because we see his dad so yeah, rarely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that they're actually his secret family and he has one in Shelbyville, which is obviously like, you know, a more rich, like pompous town. Springfield is a more wild one. And Rot and Lisa then return, seeing that uh, Nelson left Hubert in, in a wedgie on the coat hanger. And he's like, my personal status didn't save me. And uh, Snake is like, so not cool, man. You, you can shake off a punch, but those underpants are stretched forever. Lisa storms off disappointed to see that he hasn't changed a bit. When cut to Wiggum, he's like, Lau is so fickle. He tries to get into the badger but he can't fit in. It makes Lou like squeeze him in for him. We didn't cut to five years later. So I mean at this point it's not obvious. From the title and everything else, this is a parody of when Harry met Sally, so we're getting like they meet each other but only like in five year spurts. So again, five years later. Uh, it's Homer narrating once again, and he's like, What do I have to say it again? Couldn't you use the one from last time? And I asked for three musketeers an hour ago. He then devours the three musketeers th- 3.0 bear. Hmm, <laughs> that's disappointing. I, I I totally got this guy because three musketeers isn't a thing in like the UK or Ireland. Like, I went to America years ago, 2014, and I was like, Oh, I had to try three musketeers. And it was just such an. It was just such a normal chocolate bear. Like, it was so underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. That was obviously the joke here. It's just such a basic chocolate bear. I mean, I'm, I'm going to offend our American audience, which seems to be the majority. But <laughs> the American chocolate shit, man. Really? It's so shit. I mean, like, Cadbury is elite. I mean, guys, any American that hasn't tried British chocolate yeah. or chocolate from Europe in general mm. will, will think theirs is better. 
just being American. <laughs> just but the assumption. I'm yeah. telling you, once you try it, you will not go back, and you'll understand why we all hate your chocolate because <laughs> it's just—it's terrible. The only chocolate I really like is like M and M's from America, just because they have something about them. Oh, M and M's delicious. Yeah, but, yeah. But normal like Hershey's chocolate and stuff like that. Yeah, true. Hershey's disgusting. is exceptionally overrated. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. Exceptionally it's like, it's overrated. Yeah, true. And it's, it's also just not filling. They're so thin and boring, oh. you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, Cadbury's the best shot in the world. Yeah, just, if just I was have a normal say... Cadbury's dairy milk and yeah. it changed. It's like, Absolutely. Yeah. It's a regular, it's better, totally. I don't like, I, I like Butterfinger. Butterfinger has a, has a thing to it that's different, I guess. Like, just plain American chocolate is, yeah. Yeah. Pretty bad, I guess. Yeah, sorry, guys. But like like, like Seb said, try Cadbury and uh, you'll understand why. And try it knowing that that's our main chocolate. <laughs> the one thing keeping me here man is, is the sweets and chocolate yeah oh, you can't replicate it anymore just... <laughs> uh, they did you being in your 70s and it's like you know any regrets and you're like you know I, I, I want to like explore the world but chocolate here is so good yeah. <laughs> can't get dairy milk <laughs> can't get dairy milk any place else I think you can get dairy milk in America it's just not as common it's it hasn't also, blown up um, yet it also has that American chocolate thing though because it's oh it's not as good okay and I think the reason that their chocolate is so shit is because it's got so many things added to it right and also that's because it has to like travel further and stuff like that like it could literally be made like our chocolate can be made like up up the road in a factory yeah it's yeah so of course yeah. it's so good i was listening to this podcast recently this um this english comedian who has like some irish heritage like how lucky is this he was in like he wanted to like explore his irish heritage he went to like ireland for a whole summer but he was like just hitchhiking across ireland with a buddy of his and Along the journey, they got hitchhiked. They they got picked up by a Cadbury van, and the guy just like let them have let, let them have all the Cadbury they wanted on the journey. What? And then same same holiday, w- continuing the hitchhike, they got picked up by a Guinness van. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy let them have all the Guinness they wanted. What's with all these people just like just so generous to hitchhikers? I know, I think yeah. I've heard a country more generous to hitchhikers. Yeah, I mean, for one thing, that's Ireland, but also I guess it's like they're truckers. They're like going on a big, massive journey anyway. It's probably nice to have a bit of company and they're going far anyway, you know. I get it, but like you, you couldn't have gotten more lucky there. Cadbury and Guinness. It, yeah, literally, <laughs> like two of the best things ever. Yeah. Like, and it's like, it's not even like, oh, do you fancy Guinness? Oh, do you fancy a chocolate bar? <laughs> You can have all the Guinness you want, all Truck the chocolate bars you filled want. Filled with both like, of them. What a like, weird yeah. like thing to say to someone. <laughs> what a weird luck to an adult. <laughs> yeah, I mean this guy is like super charming, so I'd imagine that's part of yeah. how he got lucky that way. But it's um, just ridiculous. This is like a, a small thing compared to that. But yeah, I, I used to. Well, when I was living on a boat, I was living in Halston, mm. and there's a McVitie's factory there, where they make like digestive Jaffa cakes, etc. Yeah. And oh my god! As soon as you, the only good thing about Halston is a shithole. The only smell. good thing is, as soon as you leave the station, you can just smell the factory. Mm. It just smells like fresh biscuits. It was nice. Like they never got sick of it. No, it was always refreshing. Exactly, yeah. yeah, fair. I mean, literally fresh biscuits. I mean, yeah, that, that is an elite smell. It's like that good, classic bakery feel. After being on like the Bakerloo line and in the city and everything, just going back there and just mm. get that biscuit smell. Yeah, that smells so nice because I mean. The very very few occasions that I baked is it's just it's just a nice smell first of all, but also like when you smell after you're baking, it, it, it's a nice smell, but it, it's also like it feels like hard work. 
like rewarding yeah. like oh i i did this you know it's calming it's, a calm yeah, it's well. super calming yeah. yeah relaxing i actually was only watching cape fear the last day as oh, in yeah. not the rob de niro movie the no, sideshow bob episode yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i i i thought of you one of the jokes you know they, they, they go into witness protection and they um they're living on a boat and Homer just goes the best part about living in a boat is if you don't like your neighbours you can just sail away from them and there's everyone there just sails away from the Simpsons immediately <laughs> great joke we can cut to Lisa so yeah it's five years later again Lisa's at a genius bar she sees a poster for the e-phone 67 with charges in your belly button Nelson enters and recommends to her the one that charges in your brainstem she apologises to Lisa for what he did to Hubert and asks how they're doing. She says they're great and his company is striving. We can cut to Hubert doing a commercial for the iPhone 67. The new iPhone 67 enables users to actually meld their minds. Experience intimate contact with your loved ones with a minimum of pop-up ads. And, most importantly, we care about our workers. Thanks to this innovation, we're finally able to pay them $16 an hour. In her Nelson tells her that the rot left him. She confesses that her and Hubert are now separated as well. The the e-phone then just goes, meet you, achieves, and takes them to the next level. They pop up in like a romantic bedroom with like sexy music playing. And Nelson's like, no, no, we just want coffee. And the e-phone's like, I should never have left my home planet. <laughs> That's the weirdest gag in the episode. We got to a planet of like Alexas and like Google Homes and stuff like that all those type of devices and one of them just goes today's temperature is below zero would you like to purchase mittens <laughs> that's it i love them so weird we did go to a cafe called uh buzz light roast to jittery and beyond nelson says that him and rot split up after a fight she went to a fight club without him and he's just like oh there's nothing worse than a dishonest punching he says he wants to start seeing her more than once every five years, like maybe once every three years or on a weekly basis. And she says she'd like to get to know him better too. And they they fuse their minds together. We get like a quick little dream-like sequence of them as kids throwing snowballs at each other. They didn't grow up and uh, Lisa's wearing like a beautiful dress, like a, like, a, like a fancy dress version of her usual outfit. And Nelson goes to a uh, sleepless vest shop called Sleepless in Seattle, and they walk in a forest together. And Nelson punches a tree to make the leaves fall off. When he's got a cut of Millhouse floating around, and he's like, "What about Millhouse? If I'm a simulation, why am I so lonely? Who does that benefit?" Love it, man. <laughs> so oh, good, just ever so pathetic. <laughs> Yeah, just every the simulation of himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as he said, the simulation should only be for other people's entertainment. He's just floating around on his own. No one giving him any attention. So sad. You love Millhouse. I feel like he's maybe your second favorite character outside of the show, he's, apart from Mr. Burns. So. He's definitely up there. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't just. For Millhouse, he's never the favorite. Yeah, I know. It's like so true to his character. Yeah, literally, he's <laughs> no one's favorite, really. <laughs> Yeah, I do love him though. Yeah. We love Millhouse. Who, he'll be in the top five, I reckon. Who who's be your top five outside the family? Oh, so difficult. Hard one, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll come back to you. I'd go at the top of my head. I'd go Principal Skinner, definitely Millhouse, Mr. Burns, Mo, hundred percent. Yeah, Mo, Mo's got mine. Sure. Yeah, and Ned, Ned Flanders. Really? Yeah, I love Ned. He's such a complex character, you know. 
I mean, the fact that he's their neighbor gives him that extra kind of push because there's so much you can do with someone who literally lives right next to them. But, you know, like, he's had two wives that passed away. He's super religious, but that's always conflicted. We know he has a bit of a temper that comes out now and again on a wild side. Yeah, I love Ned. In no order. Yeah. Yeah, mine's not in any order either. Apart from, obviously, Mr. Burns. Yeah. Chief Wiggum. Oh, yeah, he's great too. Mo. So tough, man. Um... Yeah, Millhouse mm. and um, probably Krusty. Probably like Krusty. Oh, God, yeah, he's great too. Yeah. See, I'm feeling bad for people I left out now. I think Chief Wiggum definitely up there. For yeah, he's great. Yeah, I love Krusty also. Yeah, I mean, again, just a character that they, they've given so much scope to. It's tough. Like, Sajid Bobby would be really high up for me as well. I, yeah. I think he's such a good character, but he's harder for me just because he only gets his own solo episodes and they're yeah, always yeah. great, but he doesn't like pop up randomly like the other characters. Uh, which is different. I know, yeah, I, I said five and I thought five would be enough and more and more people come to my head and I'm like, oh no, there's so much more than five yeah. great characters. Like, I love Comic Book Guy and the Krabappel is great. I mean, for going really far back, Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz are amazing, you know. They're tricky, but yeah, I'd stick with that top five. Hubert in- interrupts their simulation saying that he wants Lisa back and says that they're He's done tests and modifications to improve himself. He's like, take me back, please. See, I can say please now. And then with drones, he gets them to spell out, I'm sorry, legitimately sorry, not Mark Zuckerberg sorry. He says he can ru- that Lisa can run his charitable organization and save the planet like she always dreamed of, which she mentioned in her second grade paper. She's now at a crossroads between him or Nelson. And Nelson remembers a quote his mom told him. They say if you love something, let it go. And if it loves you, it'll come back. Except for your turtle, which got smushed by that mail truck. If everyone had that... Oh my god, I had the exact same thought. Yeah, yeah, if everyone had that point of view, no one would be coming back. (laughs) I had the exact same thought, so weird. Because they always say it in romantic comedies, and I'm usually like, oh, that's so sweet. But Nelson's mom saying that made me go, that's such a flawed logic, yeah. Because if I fell in love with someone... And we split up, but we both had that same thought that neither of us would ever try to go for the other person. <laughs> That's so true. It, <laughs> that quote is said in so many romantic comedies, and it, it's such it a flawed no logic. Sense, it yeah. makes no logic. It makes no sense. But yeah, he tells Lisa to follow her dreams. Actually, a really nice moment for Nelson here. He tells Lisa to follow her dreams, like she said in her graduation speech, and she's like, "You remembered?" And he was like, "I remembered all of it." <laughs> and then the, the drones spell out um, the same Maya Angelou quote from before about being the cloud or being the light in someone else's cloud. I didn't like you, but like we were supposed to not like him. He was like all oh, like Lisa's bad qualities, but that was it. Yeah, he I was hate just him. yeah, he was just like a smart loser. Yeah, I mean loser in that like he was so sad, and pathetic, like trying to prove himself to Lisa. Obviously, he was super successful and everything. But yeah, obviously we were we were meant to like you. He was meant to be. We're meant to be rooting for Nelson, so he's yeah. meant to be a villain against Nelson. But she says goodbye, and Nelson sheds a tear. He's like, oh, you idiot. And he wedges himself. Like, oh, that really hurts. I love what they did. They did a great job with Nelson here of, like, you know, he's an older, more mature version of himself who's more in touch with his emotions, but he's still the character that we know in the show. Yeah. You know, yeah. being troubled and being the bully and everything. They're very faithful to him. Nancy, Nancy Carriage does an amazing job voicing him as well. Very. Yeah, such a great voice. We then cut to four months later. And Homer's like, wait, it didn't end. Oh, she didn't end up with Hubert? Oh, there's another page. So Nelson and Lisa got, get on a phone call. Their best friends are getting married. The bully with the hat and Krusty's daughter. 
And why am I doing this? Am I dead? I hope not. See that Jimbo is now is mar is going to marry Sophie Krastowski, who is Krusty's daughter, who we've seen a few times, not many. A little research into her in their characters, I noticed that her voice is different to how she sounds in the very first episode that she's in, Insane Clown Poppy, which I think is in season twelve. So in the first episode she's in, she's voiced by Drew Barrymore. But in every single episode after that, she's voiced by Natasha Leone. Right, okay. Who you know for like, she's in Russian Doll <clears throat> and Orange is the New Black. Who mm. sound absolutely nothing <clears throat> alike. I don't mind, it, it doesn't matter. But it's interesting because... It's been so long that I don't think it matters. Yeah, of course, it, it doesn't. And I, I, I like Natasha Leone, so I'm just glad to see her in anything. But it's interesting, like, Drew Barrymore voiced her once, never voiced her again. But then Drew Barrymore had a cameo in The King of Nice, remember? Yeah. So it's not like she has any bad blood with The Simpsons. No, I guess, no, no, you know, all, yeah. it's interesting. Like, I guess Natasha Jones is probably just more readily available. But yeah, Jimbo calls Nelson and Sophie calls Lisa. They both ask the other person to be their best man, maid of honor. They say to both of them that they hope they can find someone that they love as much as they love each other. And there's nothing like finding someone who's severely damaged, like all of us. <laughs> which is a good quote. It's like, all of us are a little damaged, which is finding someone is just admitting like to someone at a deep level how damaged you are almost, you know. Yeah, I know it's a nice what you mean. Quote. Everyone's sort of like a product of their previous relationship. Yeah, and their past and, and their, their childhood yeah. and everything else. Yeah, yeah. that's um, the thing. It's just finding someone that you feel comfortable enough to be your vulnerable self around. Yeah, yeah. I've always I mean? said that, like being in a relationship is just being vulnerable with someone. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's literally being the most vulnerable you can with someone. It's a lot of trust. It's yeah. an insane amount of trust because. You're throwing everything. You're, you're you're throwing your deepest emotions at the person, and they're throwing it back at you. And I mean, if we're gonna get very explicit here. They're also seeing you naked, which is a pretty yeah, yeah. <laughs> a pretty revealing thing to do to someone. Yeah. <laughs> we cut to the first church of Springfield. A little sign saying "Today Wedding Runaway Bride Insurance Available." Like I said, they're just consistently great with all the little signs throughout this episode. Lisa and Nelson walk up the aisle, and, and Nelson tells Lisa to give to give him her arm and not her forearm and says she knows that's not why he's mad and <laughs> great quote by Nelson there's like just because you know everything and I know nothing doesn't make you smarter than me well maybe it does a little she says she's confused because he told her to go and she did but now he's mad that she did and says that he hasn't changed since elementary school but he says no one does and we cut to Ralph <laughs> who's stuck in the church chair somehow it's like the church is eating me <laughs> yeah the two wigglers just had some of the best moments in the episode <laughs> we cut to crusty greeting people as they come in along with a hologram of his father who's going to give the sermon and he goes my son you are a big uh, needy nothing. It's like, ah, the speech from my bar mitzvah, it always gets me. And I was intrigued by this moment because I know that the dad is voiced by Jackie Mason, who died in 2021. Brilliant actor and right. comedian. So I looked it up and they actually just used archive footage from, oh, from a previous episode. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it is actually Jackie Mason's voice there. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, like, because they could have easily, if that was someone else, they could have easily done the scene without that character needing to be there. Of course not. It makes not. a lot of sense. It's kind of playing a bit of a tribute. So yeah, yeah, it's a dedication. I mean, the character's dead anyway, and it, it was, you know, a hologram or a ghost of the character. So I, I thought it was nice and respectful, the way, the way they did it. We didn't cut to Sophie giving, like, her little, her, what do you call that again, vows. She says that, uh, people ask me, why Jimbo? And I say, mind your own business, mom. But there's more. He's the most honest, truthful person I know. 
I mean, Cutalisa saying to herself, if, if Nelson is the one, she says, no, 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 you, you love Hubert. Because we see Hubert is on his phone in the wedding watching a reality show called uh, Divorce Wizard, where a magician is sawing a bride in half. I mean, Cutter Nelson, he just goes, I'll never have a life. He runs away and Lisa chases after him. I like this little, it's the opposite of what usually happens. You know, it's it's the woman who runs away and the man chases after chases after her. I like the little switch up there. And Crusty just goes, thank God I have understudies. <laughs> they get replaced by Mr. Cheney in a robot giraffe. Uh, I just love the little future thing. You know, like, obviously, Futurama shows and Macarena is obsessed with the future and always utilized well when yeah. they do it in, in The Simpsons as well. Uh, he asks, doesn't ask why she follows him, and she says she adores him. And again, it's great, like, more emotional quote from Nelson here. He just goes, Lisa, I know what it's like to hurt someone for no reason. Please don't do it to me. She says that he's the first person. It's it's like a rendition of the Billy Crystal quote at the end of When Harry Met Sally. Says he's the first person she thinks about in the morning, the last before she goes to bed. When he says, smell you later, she wants to smell him later. And feels attached to him like a dork's face to a toilet. And when she gets wrapped up in her feelings, he's the one that tells her feelings are dumb. It's like, but they are dumb. You can't throw away everything for a loser in a clip-on tie. And she's like, I'll tell you what I want. And they kiss, and the church bell tower chimes. And we pan up, we see it's a middle house. He's like, I didn't get the girl, but I got the bell. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just... The man has no luck. His future is just utterly hopeless. Oh, man. So great. We look at our final tag, and it's like, I was expecting to parry this earlier, because obviously, in, when Harry McSally had like all these little vignettes of like, all these couples and how they met. And in the movie, they are actually real couples telling their real stories. But it's robot Abraham Lincoln and Ronald Reagan. We didn't think they would come back to you. I thought that was great. Ronald said that they met at a CPAC, a clone political action committee. Lincoln said he saw a man he'd like to share a bed with, which was a thing in his times, but finding out that he was an actor was a red flag. Well, yes, but now we've been running mates for four straight terms. Didn't hurt that we were running against Jimmy Carter and Grover Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll be back. Between Mama Lays and his mugwumps, we can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that concludes the episode. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that does conclude the episode. <laughs> we're in a huge fan, I'm guessing, from that tone. No, actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really, really liked it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> I, I'm like, I think... I... I mean, this isn't in a mean way, mm. but I don't have that high expectations of like the episodes, right? I don't sure. go in thinking this is gonna be great. Mm. I, was, I just, you know, I'm like, okay, Simpsons time, you know. Yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed this episode. Yeah, considering it's like uh, an episode we well we haven't seen this sort of episode before, but like there's already an episode of Nelson and Lisa, of course, um, and plenty of future episodes. Yeah, yeah, um, but. Everything they did was slightly different to mm. ones. Um, totally. They did it in a, in a very unique way. Mm. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. I thought they really brought out the best uh, traits in the characters. Totally. Um, like, Lisa wasn't annoying. No. Yeah. It, it was It was weird seeing her being hmm. the one being annoyed. Yeah, um, she was like the, the voice of reason in this episode, yeah. yeah. They, they did a, such a good job of balancing Nelson still being a dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Mature. But you were rooting for him, you yeah. know, yeah, definitely. Um, and it just has some really funny moments. Like, obviously, like, 
everything with Chief Wiggum and Millhouse was great. <laughs> yeah, um, I love all, all the little details of like the other characters yeah. in the future. Um, and I'm also glad that like I'm almost glad that like Homer and stuff didn't have much to do. Yeah, episode. it was, was kind of nice to just to have a break and like really focus on Nelson and Lisa mm. and a few other characters. And totally, yeah, I thought it was really one of the probably one of the funniest episodes so far. Ah, oh, it was yeah, gag so heavy, totally. Were, yeah, really, really funny. Mm. I was it's like really stupid gags, but like good yeah, stupid, yeah, you know? Stupid, yeah. yeah, like the Ralph being stuck in the chairs and stuff. <laughs> I really like this one, man. Yeah, really very like solid, one. very solid. Um, I might change my rating in the future when sure. we do our like recap. wrap up at the end. Yeah, so I'll give it an eight. Eight, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. I gave it seven point five. Okay. I said I thought it was a very sweet setting up of romantic comedies, as people know by now. I absolutely love. So I, I loved all the future versions of the characters. I thought they were all so consistent, and like all of it made sense. I didn't see any version of the characters and thought it was unrealistic or that they were just doing it for the sake of a gag or something you know what I mean everything was consistent like Snake still being a freaking criminal trying to rob things when Lisa's an adult you know Chief Wiggum Ralph Milhouse yeah, all of it was just so consistent I thought I thought it was a great opportunity to tell different stories you can just tell the writers love doing it because it gets them to do something so different that they, that they can't do with the characters in the regular timeline yeah. you know what I mean you can tell they always really love doing that I love seeing a more emotional version of Nelson without throwing away who he is. My one criticism is that I, I, I felt a little bit stuck with its five-year setup just because it was a really ambitious thing to do in 20 minutes. I agree. Sometimes it was slightly rushed just because there was a lot to do mm-hmm. in 20 minutes. You know, it's a parody with Harry and Sally, which they can easily do in a two-hour movie. It's yeah. a lot more to do in 20 minutes. And yeah, I don't know. I felt like... Yeah. I, I I know how you could have fixed that. I was like, uh, maybe it could have done with a bit more time in certain settings. Like the bullet train bit is so fast, you know, it, it comes and goes so quickly. I'm like, I wouldn't have minded. Maybe we could have had more time there, but you know, not to to to, to jeopardize more time anyplace else. I'm just saying yeah. it was a lot to try to fit in 20 minutes. Such a big concept. For the most part, I I thought it, was, it could achieve this. My one little criticism at the end then was be that I thought the ending was a little bit rushed. You know, it was just they kiss and episode's over. You know, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really point... I realised I didn't really even point that out. Yeah. That's something I normally point out. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, thought, I don't think we've had that issue in this season so far, really, of the endings being rushed, but I definitely felt yeah. that was the case here. But look, at the same time, it just was a lot to fit in 20 minutes. But for the most part, yeah, I thought it was a really enjoyable episode. And just, yeah, as I said, I just love the future ones. I just love... You can tell the writers feel so refreshed by them because they're not stuck in the usual setup is what what has to happen with these characters like they can do something so different yeah. because what what Lisa can do in her 30s is obviously very different than what Lisa can do when she's 8 you know so yeah great episode I, I, I know I've said it before but like mm. how good is this season so far man it's been it's just really home good. run after home run yeah. like yeah. unbelievable I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves we're obviously only on the ninth episode yeah. there's 22 altogether but like I feel like the season could go down in history as being like maybe the comeback yeah, well, yeah. when the show really started to pick up and like find its own voice, you know, outside of the the the, the golden era, like it's it, it, the season, the season, the season has been great, but it's also so its own thing. It's, yeah. it's not like it's great because it's harking back to what was so good about the show back in the nineties. It's so good in its I mean, own way. We've literally you know? seen one of the best Treehouse of Horrors this ever, in so. years. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I would easily put that last Treehouse of Horror in my top ten. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. No, no doubt. Yeah. But yeah, let's jump into the news. 
Live from London City, it's a very bad but slightly improved impression of Camp Rockman here to let you know it's time for Simpsons News. There's two pieces of news this week. Uh, Rob Lowe is going to guest star in an upcoming episode as Skinner's cousin Peter, who he fights with for the yeah. affection of his mother. <laughs> yeah, Peter Griffin. Uh, who he yeah. fights with for... Yeah, I wash. Who he fights with for the affection of his mother. Because I just love hearing this uh, uh, Principal Skinner episode. I'm all in. And that just yeah. makes sense that <laughs> he has a cousin who his mom prefers to to him. <laughs> so I'm all down that's for like, that. That's, even, that's more than like your sibling being the favorite. That's like oh, that's yeah. a new low. You must be terrible. Yeah, you pre- she prefers the cousin. Yeah, yeah. her nephew. <laughs> And uh, Disney Plus released a Star Wars Simpsons crossover short yesterday. So, I mean, when this podcast comes out a couple of days ago, but... I saw that. Today's May the 5th. Yesterday it was May the 4th. May the 4th be witchy. Mm. Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Live long and prosper. When I was watching uh, Sips Classic coming up. Yeah, um, coming up. <laughs> I, I saw that that advertised on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I watched it straight away. I, I like that they didn't advertise it. It just dropped. Yeah, on like May the Fourth. That was cool. But yeah, for people who might not know about it, it was called um, Rogue, not quite one, and follows Maggie finding an abandoned mini spacecraft and comes into contact with a Tie Fighter, basically. And I thought it was one of the best Simpsons shorts. That Disney Plus have done so far. Really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Really, really fun one. Yeah, really enjoyable. I liked... The Maggie ones are fun because they're, they're like old-fashioned cartoons. Like, no one speaks in them. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like like, like an old-fashioned Tom and Jerry or something. It's all from her perspective, so no one speaks. And yeah, a really, really enjoyable one. It had like, nice little Star Wars qualities as well. Combined... It's only five minutes, but like combines what you, the, the classic things about Star Wars with the classic elements of The Simpsons quite nicely, I thought. That's all, all it is. Let's jump into Seb's classics. I mean, I've mentioned the podcast several times, so you know how much I love this episode. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really, really enjoyed this. I think it's great. I hadn't, do you know what? I hadn't seen it in a, in a long time. Mm. Um, but I went for Behind the Laughter. I think it's it's the last episode in season 11. Yes, yeah, the finale of season 11, which I think is quite fitting. They definitely like yeah. have, have spotted from the other classics that we've done for season 11. It's quite a wacky season. It's quite all over the place, but like in, in, in the best way. And I think it's very fitting that Behind the Laughter is the last episode of the season because it's such an insane episode. Yeah. It's such a weird concept. I, I chose it because it's like different. Yeah, totally. It it's a, so a out there. It's normal episodes. It's, it's like a for those who haven't seen it. Yeah, it's a mockumentary like episode. I guess. Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's actually specifically a parody of Behind the Music, which was a show that used to be on VH1. If you remember in the in the early noughties, and the narrator in this episode is actually the guy who narrates behind the music. Mad. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's just like one of them shows where it's like um, exposing like what happens in show business, and, uh-huh. like, the truth behind this family on TV sort of thing. Yeah, it's 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 like a fictionalized version of the family where it's like they are still marriage and Homer, but it's like yeah. and and Bart and Lisa and everything else. It's like they made. A show where they play themselves basically and that is the show that we know <laughs> so this is kind of like not um canon. it's not canon at all no no it's um, so its own thing and yeah it's, it's really great because it's actually um very dark yeah it's like, super dark there's some dark things going on in this episode which i like i like that they don't hold back yeah and, the, and... the bart choking is like there's more bart choking <laughs> i've ever seen yeah it's a great bit it's <laughs> like um 
I like how the the clips we see of the show it, it's like it's such a horribly written version of like what we know the Simpsons as that's yeah. like it's like it's written by Homer <laughs> they, they all look all the clips are so stupid like there's one clip of like Bart skateboarding and like um shake it up baby it's playing it's like it's like a very cliched version of what yeah. you think of these, as these characters and yeah Homer is like sitting with Bart being like we're going out for frosty chocolate milkshakes and Bart like gets the line wrong or no he doesn't he's like you need to write a better script, man. And Homer's like, what the hell did you say? He starts choking him. And one of the camera guys is like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> he just starts choking him even harder. But like, yeah. Bart's like willingly lashing him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, um, they, they also just say like a lot of stuff that I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't air on TV. Really? Yeah. Because, yeah. It's, it's like, it's things that the characters would not say in the regular canon because they have to be likable. But since this is like a different version of the characters, yeah. they can say a lot more. Like, <laughs> One of my favorite quotes of Homer ever is when he says, I want to set the record straight. I thought the cop was a prostitute. Right, <laughs> like. Stuff like that. It's like, yeah, okay, this is an aerial TV. Yeah, so. yeah, maybe not. This is like an after the watershed yeah. show, I think. This is definitely an adult Simpsons episode. Yeah, right? for like, sure. Uh, but it's so good, man. So, so funny. So good. There's so many funny moments. Like, pretty much every scene is just a gag. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because they're just making fun of, like, the, this documentary that's on TV. This documentary, and they're also being kind of self-aware about their own success. Yeah. In a different way. It's just nice to see that different side to them. Yeah, it, totally. It wasn't one of their episodes where I was like, oh, man, this isn't, like, the normal Simpsons. It was one mm-hmm. of them where it's like, yes, this is, like... It's a treat. It's a different yeah, Simpsons. A yeah, totally. Um, I... I loved it, man. Mm, yeah. So fun. You get all these little crazy details, like you know these these successful actor versions of the characters. Like Homer gets obsessed with um, painkillers because of all the injuries he has to do on the show. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Barry's like a diva actor, and uh, he gets arrested for. Was he, he like attacked someone on, on a plane I think and it's like a little cut you, it, it, you, you can tell the writers got to do exactly what they wanted to do in this episode because it's so chaotic Yeah, it's like Bart got went to prison so he had to be replaced in the show for a while by Richie Rich is... it's just like clearly Richie Rich like someone who's nothing like Bart Simpson whatsoever and he's just like don't have a cow, have a cow mother man. yeah <laughs> don't have a cow mother <laughs> um such yeah, like bits. Lisa's underpaid and overworked. Yeah, oh, she also yeah. reveals that she was given anti-growth hormones in order to sustain the longevity of the show. Like, just something that, like that's what dark I mean. stuff it's like, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really heavy. <laughs> totally. Um, like, Homer is just immoral in this episode. Yeah. Like, a horrible person who is just, like, doing everything he can to keep the successful show alive, but at the jeopardy of keeping his own family happy. I would say if you're getting bored of The Simpsons, just go back to this episode. Yeah, because it's such a refreshing. Lights you up again and like. Totally. Um, I mean, it's just a a solid nine out of ten for me. Yeah, Yeah. honestly, for me, it it is a buy. I just love this episode. It's high up, easily in my top thirty, maybe my top twenty. Okay. I'd give it ten out of ten. Nice. It's just so experimental and weird and different. I can't can't disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I always just love episodes that are just like. Like we said, gag after gag, but the gags are so weird and different, like, consistently. Like, I love the bit as well where it's, like, they're talking about how they eventually brought the whole town into the show. And she was like, well, I, I, I never acted before, but I feel like the sea captain came in. Why not wig him? 
You know, you have my own catchphrase. Yeah, no, I lost it. Because <laughs> like he's never had a catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, you're just yeah, super wonderful, weird, chaotic episode. Yeah, totally. I think if you're feeling like the show was formulaic or like does the same thing all the time, it's like watch this episode to see them do something so completely different, you know. Oh, I also love the whole like them having like this music career and stuff like that. <laughs> they had a really big successful album called Simpsons Boogie and so they made a spin-off called Simpsons Christmas Boogie it was just the exact same song but Christmas in the middle yeah. and it was so big it like won a bunch of Grammys and it like shows a clip of like them getting a star on the walk of fame and it's like um the the TV logo the the music logo and the Olympics logo it's like what the hell did they do it's so insanely successful but yeah, yeah, wonderful, weird episode. Check it out. Oh yeah, just one little bit. It's, the very end is like, next week on Behind the Laughter, Huckleberry Hound. Just like the classic Barbaric yeah. character. And he's like, I was so gay, but I couldn't tell anyone. Which, I remember that character from my childhood. He used to always be on Boomerang. Like, yeah, he's an incredibly camp like yeah. guy who could be gay. <laughs> Loved that. Yeah, let's move on to... What is our next segment? All but the first ten. So yeah, this segment is where I just do a, a top three of episodes of a certain theme outside of the first ten seasons. So I think obviously what I went for this week was the future episodes, which is definitely an area where the later seasons really shine because you have one great episode in the in the in the golden era, at least his wedding. But other than that, they, they, there's no other future episodes. It's just a bunch in the later seasons. So here's just my top three. Number three, I went for future drama. Which is in season 16. That's one where we follow like Barry and Lisa in their final year of high school. And it's like, you know, their prom dates and stuff like that. All the classic kind of like teen stuff. Done in a really fun, unique way. Beautiful development to Lisa and Bart's relationship. And also Marge and Homer split up in that episode. And there's a fun little side story there that, again, is like something they couldn't usually do in the regular timeline of the show. So that's really fun. Number two, Bart Hood which is in season 27, which isn't purely a future episode. We follow, like, you know, it's, it's a parody of boyhood. So it's, like, Bart as a, a young child. We skip Bart as a 10-year-old because we don't need to see the version that we've seen in the show all the time. And then we get, like, him as a teenager and him much older. And he had a really nice episode, and it was, like, really, like, kind of, like, shows his relationship with Homer and, and Grandpa, like, to be really focused on in the episode. Like, you know, being upset that his relationship with Homer isn't as good as it could be, and almost kind of seeing Grandpa as more of a father figure than Homer. That's done really, really beautifully yeah. in this episode. And number one had to be <clears throat> Holidays of Future Past. Anyone who is a fan of the later seasons knows this is easily one of the best episodes of of all of the later seasons. In season 23, it is set during, during Christmas, and it's basically like Bart separated from his uh his ex-wife voiced by amy poehler and he has to, he has to take his two kids for christmas and he struggles to connect with them he like gets advice from homer on how to like be a better father and their relationship is done nicely in the episode and then there's a side story of lisa also struggling to connect with her daughter and marriage giving her advice so it just combines older versions of the family really well and mm. yeah it's a really beautiful episode yeah nice. highly recommend it, it, it actually was written to possibly be the last episode of the show. Wow. Because Fox took a really long time to let them know if they were renewing it or not. So they wrote this episode as the last episode just in case. Jeez. 
Jeez. And you watch it and you're like, it could have been the last episode. It's just so beautiful. It utilizes all the family perfectly. Like, it's just, it's done so well. Like, they threw their heart into it, like, just in case, you know? Yeah, beautiful episode. Jumping on to the questions. So, Jack Tayak, our beautiful guest from last week, asked the first question. We have two this week. Uh, Jack asked the first question, really nice one. What's your favorite Simpsons song? I can never decide between Dr. Sands or I'm Checking In. Oh, uh, there's so many I, I can't just say one if I had to say one I mean the Planet of the Apes musical is great yeah Roman McClure that would be high up there I think I'd have to go for See My Vest fair enough yeah the Mr. Birds one about the puppies just so consistently hilarious it's actually really hard for me to think of like a favourite yeah. song I mean I won't pick a favourite but I will say one of the best ones was in um last season mm. um oh poor house rock for poor house rock, yeah I, I i i won't give a favorite but i'll say that as my honorable mention yeah yeah, yeah sure. that one's great it's worth checking out i mean yeah, yeah. if we're talking about like if we're really going into music here that is like such a well-written yeah yeah and long song too yeah. and also in terms of like music like the, the simpsons voice actors are good singers but obviously none of them are trained Whereas in that song you have Hugh Jackman, who is a fantastic yeah, musical and singer. If you know me, yeah, you know I don't like musical numbers. Yeah, take me away from the story. Sure. Yeah, which is why that episode is a solid uh, example. And, yeah, and I love good this, music. So it's yeah. If, yeah. if I like a song in a TV show, it mm-hmm. means it was good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it means totally. Hundred percent. Really I mean, there's so much great ones from um from like the more classic episodes, like. I love the one in the burlesque one. We put the spring in Springfield. Uh, the monorail, of course, has to be in. Has to be mentioned. Yeah. Uh, there's so many good ones. I think for me, if I just had to pick one, like guns to my head, I would say see my vest. It's, okay. it's such a great like villain number for Mister Burns. You know that he's like this crowd of villain person trying to kill these dogs to make fur coats. Um, it's all these different animals that he's wearing as clothes. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's done so well. But the the time the A's musical is so good also, and yeah, Jack mentions I'm checking in, which is the one in the same New York New York versus Homer Simpson yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah, uh, Robert Downey Jr. singing about going to the Betty Ford Center. That one's great also, super catchy. I'm sure I'll feel guilty for like not mentioning some later because there's just so many good ones. But those are the ones that like come to my head immediately. Yeah, mm. so I'm going to see my best. We're going to go with Poor House Rock as as an element. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. And our final question comes from Bart Art, a great page on Instagram, who like just exclusively does Bart Simpson they, they, Art. They've asked a question. They have, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, totally. He must have known what the next episode we were reviewing was because he asked... Oh, we got a fan. He must, yeah, him. He goes, favourite romantic comedy. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good question. Great man. question, yeah. It's not about The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, I liked it, yeah. In general. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few because I really like the genre as well. Love it. Because when it's done right, it's amazing. Totally. Similar to what um, you mentioned about action movies in the past. It's like one of those formulas yeah. that it's so easy to do a, cliche, a cliched, you know, beginning, middle and end version yeah. of it. So it makes me appreciate so much more when someone clearly loves the genre and does something really refreshing and, and interesting with and it. And I've seen some shocking... Oh yeah, of course. when they're not done well, they're really hard to watch. I will um, say, I, I I kind of feel about romantic comedies the same way I feel about horrors. And even if it's bad, I kind of like it. 
Okay. Because they're sweet. Yeah. I know you don't agree, but that's how I feel. I have two. Yeah. Because I can't choose which one I prefer. Sure. Um, I have a feeling one of them is your favourite. Um, oh, I mean, it's yeah. my favourite movie. Uh, so I'm going to go for Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, 100%. Me too. And, um... I don't know. Is that the... I'm going to go... I can't choose between the two right now. Yeah. Crazy Stupid Love and Punch Drunk Love. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I actually forgot about Punch Drunk Love. I love, love, love Punch, that movie Punch also. Punch Drunk Love is sup- is sh- shockingly good film. Like, you don't yeah. expect it to be as good as it is. It's so no. good. The thing about it's so good is, like... I mean, when we talk about Miranda comedies, it's definitely a refreshing, different version of that genre. Yeah. It's also so not you'd expect from Adam Sandler or Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. It's not, like, his usual tone at all. Such a great movie. This is so much weird details in that movie that I love. Like, you know, everyone who sees Adam Sandler's character like keeps telling him, like, oh, you're wearing a suit now. So it's, like, clearly mentioned throughout like <laughs> he doesn't usually wear a suit but we only see him wear a suit in that movie like, yeah, just like yeah. weird details like that great um, film do you know what that film I've just realised now mm. it feels like it was written by um, what's his name the guy that did uh, like Charlie Charlie Kaufman Charlie Kaufman yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, really, it does have that vibe to it yeah it really yeah yeah totally you, like you're dead on yeah it's not being John Malkovich kind of thing yeah so. it has that same yeah. kind of weird tone to it definitely yeah. but yeah for me like my number one answer is definitely Punch or um, Crazy Stupid Love like that is my favourite movie so and good. great twist oh so much great twist that, 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 that scene where they find out about everything that's going on with like Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone Kevin Bacon they're all fighting each other it's such an amazing it's, scene it's one of them films as well where it's like it looks like it's not going to be good. Like, it looks it, like it's going to be typical. It's like, oh, crazy stupid love with Amber Stone and like Ryan Gosling. The whole yeah. like font and the, the the cover of it and the trailer and stuff. It doesn't look like it's going to mm-hmm. be as good as it is, but it's really, really. Yeah, good. it's like it's like misleading. It's yeah. making you think it's a regular rom com. Like, it's actually incredibly emotional and the first time I, I watched it was in in uh, like the original lockdown and oh, wow. I put it on because I just fancied like something lazy to watch I'll sure say, oh, i put on something easy to watch and you know watching something watch. really quite good. challenging yeah, yeah really, actually really emotional really yeah well written secret is sensational and i love secret that's Carell. the best feeling man when you watch something not expecting much and it gives yeah you so much more. absolutely 100 percent. yeah and there's other romantic comedies like i know it's cliche but i do love when harry Sally. i just think it's such a wonderful well-written movie billy chris and meg reiner just the relationship together that the movie just makes me sad just thinking about it it's just such yeah. a hopeful love story you know it's so like exactly how you would want things to work out for you um i love that i love as good as it gets jack nicholson's great in that written directed by james Brooks, brooks who's a big simpsons producer god what else i love i love i love a good uh judd apatow i love i love um knocked up would be high up for me this is 40 i think is a very underrated romantic comedy yeah. actually yeah. yeah yeah love this is 40 I'm drawing blanks now. There's lots of great mythic comedies I enjoy. Yeah, that was good. That was just an era of them. Where they were really, but, really yeah. hitting their stride. Yeah, they're not, they're not made as often now. And I feel like for that reason, I almost like, will excuse a movie for not being as good just because at least they're making a romantic comedy. Yeah. Like, Tickets to Paradise wasn't like sensational. But just because it was, a, it was a classic rom-com, I enjoyed it. Did you watch, apparently, I haven't seen it, but apparently Rye Lane. Ryan Lane was great. Yeah. I loved Ryan Lane. That actually that was a great example of like a more refreshing version of the genre for sure. That did some really fun stuff. But then the leads in that were amazing. Mm. What was that one I was going to mention? Bros was great. That was again a more refreshing, updated romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah. There's so many great ones. But if I had to say one on the top of my head, I would say like my own personal favorite 
Creators you beloved, but if you're just going classic, beat by beat, there's a very well rom com I'd go for when Harry Met Sally. Yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah, and let's wrap it up with the recommendation of the week. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, oh wow! I, I got paper. Go, I always go paper. Yeah, man. yeah. We reversed. What I the can't hell? believe we have these fucking conversations. <laughs> like they're gonna care. About the dynamic of our rock, paper, scissors. I don't know, man. I think some people skip to the end. They, yeah. they, they just want to know who wins the rock, paper, paper, scissors. scissors match, yeah. <laughs> That's I, why I people tune in. We, we didn't do a freeway the other week. <laughs> yeah, that sounds wrong. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we, we should have done a freeway rock, paper, scissors. You're right. We, we, were, just, we were just being polite and letting yeah. Jack do it first. But yeah, we should have done a freeway rock, paper, scissors. We should have scissored each other. Um, but yeah, let's... Well, we tried, but you two just sort of ignored me and I was watching you in the corner, so... <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to be three away with me and Jack just got too yeah. emotionally invested in each other sorry you about that you always do when someone else is involved man <laughs> yeah like with Dave <laughs> um, but yeah okay I'll go first I, I, I have two as usual I I was going to mention it last week but I got, I got two up to- I got two caught up talking about the John Mulaney's Zana special but Air has stuck with me that good I saw it like two weeks ago and it still stuck with me and it's hard with movies nowadays and TV shows and stuff because there's so much content being brought out so consistently. It's like things don't have as much posterity as they used to, you know, because we're constantly being like thrown new content. Air is just stuck with me. It's simple. It's a simple story. It's just the way it was done by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. It's just so beautifully done. Great, as I, I always talk about how I love dramedies. It's a great dramedy. It has these really hard hitting moments. It's also really funny. The relationships are done so beautifully. The acting in it is so natural. I think Jason Bateman is one of the best just natural actors. It's like he's doing nothing. But you find him so interesting. Yeah. There's this one scene with him and Matt Damon where he's talking about... You know, the whole, the whole movie is about Nike trying to get Michael Jordan for their for their shoe brand. Which you obviously know ends up becoming Air Jordan. Which is the thing that the movie does really well. That you know... It's gonna work out okay, but you're still wrapped up in the story, being like, "Oh, you yeah. almost forget." You're like, "Oh, how 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 is everything's gonna work out here?" And there's this beautiful scene with Matt Damon and Jason Bateman where he's talking about if this doesn't work out, he'll lose his job, and his he he's he's split up from his wife, and he only sees his daughter on Sundays, and if he can't do that anymore because he'll have to get a job where he works on Sundays, that will break him. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful scene. And yeah, like I said, it's just a a funny movie and also a super dramatic movie just melded together beautifully and it's like a really inspiring beautiful story of like just yeah. these people working in this small little sports division at Nike trying to take this big massive risk trying to get this, this up and coming basketball star to sponsor See, a shoe brand I think I'll yeah. like it because I really like Moneyball and it sounds a lot like Moneyball yeah actually the top review on Letterboxd is someone being like this movie is literally Moneyball for sneaker nuts (laughs) (laughs) which yeah very true Ben Affleck I mean he he has not directed a bad movie he's just an exceptional director and I think for me this is my favourite movie of his fair enough which sounds crazy because obviously people love Argo and Gone Baby Gone and stuff but for me I think this is his best work yeah I really really loved it it's the first movie that they made under their artist equity uh, production company with him and Matt Damon and it's just such a, such a promising movie for what they have to come mm. I just thought I thought it was so great yeah yeah you want to go for your rec uh, yeah do you just have one I, I have two but you can do oh, yours okay. next yeah um, 
I have a small one and a big one. Sure. So I'll just say the small one first. Uh huh. Um. So I stumbled across this on the YouTube algorithms. Yeah. Um. But there's like a lot of videos with similar titles. Mm-hmm. So it's oldies music playing in another room and it's raining. And it's oh, like wow. it's basically like um. And there's loads of different kinds of ones. I know what you mean. But it's basically like there's old like. 40s and 50s music playing in the other room yeah and it's i don't know what it is but it's so calming to go to sleep to yeah it makes me feel like i'm like um <laughs> a, like a junkie sh- showbiz guy passed out in a vegas hotel room do you know what i mean like, yeah. i don't know what it is it's, it's like it's like uh, I, I mean i guess i can play like a little example i thought of a much more peaceful version of what you just said i was thinking like like it's like you're a kid and you got to go to bed early but your parents are still awake, so they're playing music in the other room. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, something like that. When, um, yeah. I'll, I'll play a little example. Yeah, go for it. Like... Oh my god, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's raining as well. I know exactly what you mean. It's all oh, the rain. Yeah. It is super that, relaxing. It's like it's from a gramophone in the other room, and it's just like really nice to go to sleep to. That is like, super nice. I, I feel like, like that. I'm in like an old Disney movie. Yeah, like yeah, totally. The rain makes it as well. It's a little. little... I, there's nothing I find more relaxing than when it's pouring rain outside. Oh, but I don't have anywhere to be. The best. So I don't have to go outside. Yeah. It's so relaxing. Yeah. If you if you're getting ready and you're about, you're you're about to go out and do it. Yeah. Misery. But if you is it just at home? In, so relaxing. Yeah. Hot chocolate and a blanket. There's oh. not many better things in life, man. There's no, it's so soothing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's 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 a fun little uh, outdoor recommendation. I love that. My recommendation. My 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 second one. I, I know I've already recommended Ted Lasso before, but I just have to, like, recommend it again. Because season three has just been sensational. Really? Yeah. And I'm going to recommend a specific episode, but I'm not... I'm obviously not saying watch that episode first or anything, because it wouldn't make any sense without watching the rest of the show. But just to say how great this episode is, it's called Sunflowers, and the whole episode is set in Amsterdam. So that's, like, your way of knowing what episode I'm talking about once you get to it. You know. Are they playing like a Champions League match or something? Uh, they're actually playing a, what you call it, like, like, like a friendly game. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that, that's exactly what, what's great about the episode. It, it, it doesn't matter. The whole episode doesn't matter. They're, they're going to Amsterdam to, to play a friendly game. So it's just all about the relationships. That's cool. You know, it's just, it's done so beautifully. And, and it shows what a show can do when you just love their characters. Because nothing substantial happens to anyone in terms of plot lines. It's just about... The characters. That's cool. Man. It, it's it's it, it's a whole hour, season three, because you're only on like episodes that are like three minutes, right? Mm. Season three is like they realize that people like these characters enough that they can, they Build can, up, yeah, they can sustain them for an hour. Every episode of season three is like forty five minutes plus. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that, the Amsterdam episode is a full hour long, and I didn't want to leave. It's just it's done nice. so beautifully because it's like they're all like on a holiday together, just having fun. You're getting all these different storylines with different characters being paired up, and it's d- done really nicely. Ted's on his own in the whole episode, and where they take that is so good. And it, it just shows what a show can do when you love every single character. It's like, you know, you, you, you might get like Ted Lasso for five minutes, and you'll jump to Jamie, you know, and I, I, I don't mind being with him all of a sudden, being taken away from Ted. And it, yeah, like I said, it just shows what a, what a show can do when you just love their characters. And it, yeah, it, it's just done nice. so beautifully and it has this beautiful like, like, like the show always has but this episode in particular has had that beautiful message of hope and how just just having hope is enough you know 
to get you through tougher times and just hoping for something better. It's just yeah, such a beautiful episode. Yeah. I I couldn't recommend Ted Lasso enough. It is such a great show. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, I I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. final recommendation from you. Yeah, um, uh, you, you're aware of Johnny Greenwood. I recognize the name. So he um is a, a band member of Radiohead. Oh, and, okay, and, okay, and yeah, Radiohead yeah. Radiohead are my favorite band. Yes, ever. I wouldn't maybe say my favorite artist. They're up there, but my favorite band mm. ever is Radiohead. Wow, okay. Um, and like people who I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, Radiohead. You know, like Creep, Karma Police, blah blah blah. Mm. They are a lot more than that, and they they are incredible musicians. Oh um, yeah, there's, there's a reason why Tom stuff. York and Johnny Greenwood are now composing scores of films. Some of their deeper cuts are just absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Um, what is? I couldn't recommend them more, but that's a separate recommendation. Of course, yeah. What is Tom York's score? Is? Uh, Suspiria. The the, the film Tony Collette movie, not Tony Collette. I always get them mixed up. It's what twenty twenty one. Oh no, I think it's something else. Never mind. Yeah, it's it's a remake of the seventies horror. It's, it's yeah, Suspiria. It's, okay, okay. Uh, he and he's doing he's doing a few more. I can't remember what they they are called. Yeah, well, I, John, I didn't Johnny Greenwood's done a bit more. Um, okay, because he's always been like the I don't know. I feel like he's one of the main creative forces in the band. The sound of but, um, Radiohead, like yeah. The reason I I say Johnny Greenwood is because I'm going to recommend my favorite score mm. ever mm-hmm. in any film um and people it's not an obvious choice but okay um, you were never really here lynn lynn ramsey film uh has joaquin phoenix in it oh yes yes um, and sacrifanakis and jonah hill and stuff no no i'm thinking of it, it i'm thinking it was hard not to get by on foot All right. you were never really here oh yeah it's like uh it's like an action movie sort of or it's, uh, like, it's like a, it's like a thriller like psychological almost. thriller yeah. yeah the poster kind of looks like Taxi Driver yeah 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 um, but honestly this is how you do a score and this is how you subtly do a score as well right the, the, you can listen I, I would recommend just listening to the album on its own because mm. it's phenomenal music it has one of my favourite songs ever on it um, but the way it's done nice. with the film as well is so much range to it it's so subtle it fits so well the film in general has amazing sound design mm. and I was lucky enough to meet the guy that did the sound design oh, for cool. that film Whoa. and he, he, he taught me a lot and damn was this in uni or yeah well it wasn't a uni thing but it was when I was in uni and right. I decided to reach out to him that's so cool yeah yeah this this score is incredible I, mm. I, I, like, I couldn't recommend it more all his scores are great he did like Phantom Thread as well oh wow um, so you were with yeah, Pete Anderson. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be his guy. Oh yeah, right, he's in a few of his movies now. Yeah, damn. I'm not sure. I think There Will Be Blood was probably too early. That's 2007. Yeah, yeah. you probably had, like the hair and vice like, maybe. Still Pete Gradyhead. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Um, it would make sense if he didn't hair and vice because that would have been like the movie Walking Thing because they were right before you were never really here. Mm. So maybe he was like, "This guy's great," and got Lynn Ramsey. Yeah. To take him off that movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah like just phenomenal score um and johnny greenwood's a phenomenal musician so i'd recommend all his scores but my favorite is you were never really here never really here that's yeah. cool I, I must see that movie that was like the the first one walking phoenix when he kind of like started having this renaissance of just doing film after film of like they were amazing where he's in the lead role and he's playing a really flawed character mm-hmm. it's kind of like become his niche now like you had that and right after that you had joker which is obviously gigantic and now you have like bo was afraid coming up 
I haven't seen Come On, Come On, but that's meant to be great also. Yeah. So I, I yeah. also I love Joaquin. Oh, he's a sensation. He's one of the best. Yeah, all that yeah. all people working in Hollywood right now, he's one of the best actors the for best, sure. Yeah. He takes risks, which yeah. especially in today's age, and especially with actors who are easily one of the most pretentious people in Hollywood. Yeah. He genuinely takes risks. You can tell he doesn't care. Even when you watch his Oscar speech, he's pretty indifferent about he's won an Oscar. That's not what matters to him. Yeah, he just about, wants, yeah. Yeah, he just wants to make rewarding good work, you know. But what was afraid is getting really uh, varied reactions. Okay. It's obviously from the same guy who did um, Hereditary and Midsummer. I forget his name. But yeah. it's it seems like one of those movies Ari people... Aster. Ari Aster. yeah. It seems like one of those movies that people either love or hate. Mm. I feel like I'm going to love it. It looks like, I like one of those like weird like Charlie Kaufman-esque movies. It has like a Sendoki New York type of vibe to it. I'm really excited for it. I'm excited. Yeah. Happy Phoenix is one of Max's. I get the same thing with Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Where regardless of how good the film is, I'm just going to enjoy it because they're in it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Even if it's like a 7 out of 10 movie, you could go to an 8 just because of what a great actor he is. Yeah. You know, Same with Ryan Gosling. Yeah, totally. But yeah, some fun recommendations this week, yeah. guys. Thank you all, as always, for listening. Thank you. And we will catch you really soon. Ciao, ciao. Bye.